in Lubbock. Wow. Because Texas Tech Monday night will be playing for the national championship. Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Tags podcast powered by Guns Up Nation. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And we are talking Big 12 Week 3 action. And so, of course, the boys are back in town. Albie and Jeremy Gillen's here with me. What's up, Jay? Albie, so good to be back again talking about Big 12 football, which has been nothing less than chaotic this year. Boy, there is expectations are just all over the place right now. Let's talk about some of these weird games. <laughs> well, so, I mean, the country is just, this is real 2007 energy so far. Like, it could really happen. I was pressing for Florida to upset oh, Alabama yeah. this week. I, it almost happened. But and everybody's beatable. Even Alabama. We, I mean, Florida had them on the ropes. They're beatable. Top everybody's means beatable. nothing this year. It means absolutely nothing. So heavy 2007 energy. For those that don't know, 2007 is peak college football. When chaos happened every week, it was the greatest college football season ever. I think it was even a 30 for 30 about how great it was. It was fantastic. Um, West Virginia fans turn away from talking about 2007. That's the year that they felt like they were right there. Uh, but um, that's actually the real reason they hate Pitt forever is because of that season. So Big 12 not only was just announced in craziness this week as well, but also the Big 12 conference season technically started this week with the battle of the bottom, Baylor versus Kansas. Uh, but Baylor is starting to show that there may not actually be at the bottom of the conference. Big win, 45-7. to seven. What do you think about the Baylor Bears? Baylor Bears really <laughs> – Really put Kansas in a I, – I, I did not – this scoreline, this this shocked me, this game, because I was not I was not disappointed in how Kansas was starting off the season. I thought, okay, this Kansas team looking a little different. They're looking a little more organized. The Lance Leopold era has begun. Um, Les Miles, get out the way. We got Leopold. Uh, no, Dave Aranda and <laughs> Bohannon. Uh, they came to play. And they sure put Kansas in their place. They said, you, you thought you could not, you could thought, you thought you're not the foundation of the Big 12? No, you are. Get, you, we need you to stand on. Uh, 45 to 7, man. I mean, Kansas did not have a chance from the very beginning of this game. So I'll say this. I will say, no, I'll say this. Kansas was down 14 7 at half. They scored a touchdown uh, in, the second, in the end of the second quarter to kind of get the game to where it was kind of close. And they got the ball back to start the second half. And I'm like, okay, okay, Bean. Leopold, what can you do in the second half? And their answer, absolutely nothing. nothing. I, mean, I don't know why you had any faith in me in the, in the first place. Um, they were terrible. Baylor just absolutely blew them out in the second half. And we got to apologize, Jeremy. We both do, right? As much as you talked about him, I talked about him too. Jerry Bohannon is the real deal. He's the real deal. He's He has the arm strength that we knew he had, but he's accurate. I never thought he was accurate. I didn't think he had it in him. Three games so far, accuracy's off the charts. He had one play, uh, play I saw in this game. It was actually an incompletion, but it was getting pressured, moved off to the side off of his right tackle, drilled his receiver, and his receiver just happened to drop it, right? Like, it was it was that good of a throw. And so that's kind of scary that Baylor has might actually have a quarterback. It's a little worrisome because if they have a quarterback that's as good as Bohannon has been in the first three games, they're not going to be the second-worst team in the Big 12. They're going to be a bold team. And we got to fix up. we got to switch up our power rankings. Well, we certainly do. And not just to – I mean, Jerry Bohannon, yeah, sorry, dude. You have impressed – like, you have come out 
and it was just hard to it was hard to get a, a line on Baylor because like last year was chaotic in the offseason you didn't really know who was kind of stepping up and their first game was really close it was uncomfortably close and then since like it's just been good I mean uh, but but like outside of Jerry Bohannon Abram Smith had a tremendous game like Baylor rushed a lot on Kansas which is a good sign for us because we're you know a rushing school now but I mean Kansas again no chance in the air on the ground could not stop Baylor and so I'm really excited to see Baylor next week against uh, Iowa State yeah no that'll Baylor again has more tests to become because here's the thing as good as Baylor's looking three weeks they have really not played anybody Right. And so um, so they still have to prove that to themselves, just how good they are. But I didn't expect them to blow out the cans like the way they did. Um, and they, you know, they beat them like they stole something. So that's good. So that started conference playing the Big 12. But everybody else still played non-con games. So let's talk about some of the boring ones. And, and nothing was more boring than watching the Longhorns absolutely decimate the Rice Owls. Uh, Rice has been bad, will be bad, and will, and will I don't think will ever not be bad. Uh, but Texas... Casey Thompson's first start made them really, truly look awful. What do you think about the Longhorns? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's really nothing to say here besides that Texas went in, uh, Texas took care, went into this game and took care of business, left no doubt on the table. Uh, everybody played well. It was all across the board a good game. It, it was a much different vibe for them going into this next weekend than it was for us. It was like, okay, this is business. Dust off the hands. I'll tell you what, though, the way that Casey Thompson played, like, there's Texas fans out there who are like, why is Card starting? And I love that. Well, he's not anymore. Yeah, exactly. He's not anymore. Thompson's. Well, so I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Why was he? Why was sorry? Yeah, why yeah. was he starting? And uh, I love, I love the controversy. Bring it on. Conf- so confusion into the Texas ranks. Well, I'll say this though. Thompson played well. Played well. Wasn't great. Like he, he didn't. I, I, and and a lot of it was a lot because of just how dominant they were being in this game. So I get that. Um, but it was also Rice, right? And, like, Thompson didn't do much for me to say, oh, man, this guy is, woo! But, like, compared to what Jerry Bohannon did against better competition, Thompson, I'm like, eh. Like, really, this game had much more to say about the defense pitching a shutout. Defense was just crazy. Again, it is Rice, but defense was crazy. And, oh, my God, the running game, the Texas running game. It's the B. John Robbins show, Robinson show. Oh my god! But it wasn't just him though. I mean, the, the, both Robinsons uh, was great. Johnson with that huge seventy-two yard. Uh, uh, Roshan Johnson with a huge seventy-two yard. Well, rush. they all broke off for over fifty yards. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's it's uh, the running game just gashed the Rice Owls, and that's that's more worrisome than Casey Thompson. I, the jury's still out on Casey Thompson, if you ask me, um, as a quarterback. Uh, just like the jury was still out on Hudson Card. So we'll see. But the last time Texas had a very impressive win, they got beat bad mm-hmm. next week. That's true. Who did Texas Longhorns play next week? I can't can't put my finger on Somebody familiar. Hmm. In conference, we know uh, that. We'll know. get to it later. Yeah, we'll get to it later. All right. Uh, next up, as far as teams beating a lower-level GL5 team, I was or sorry, Iowa State. There it is. Blowing out UNLV forty-eight to three, but UNLV football hasn't isn't good, hasn't been good, and probably will never be good. Um, but Iowa State, you know, in a warm month, got a dub, even though they were playing indoors. Yeah, so I guess what it, is I don't that? Know if that still counts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if that counts. 
There you go. Uh, I mean, this is the this is the same game with different teams. Uh, Texas and Rice, Iowa State. Although they gave up three points to UNLV, I mean, this was a very similar game. Again, Brees, Brees Hall going out having a tremendous game. Brock Purdy is doing well. Um, Xavier Hutchinson, wow, great receiver for Iowa State. Um, this is going to be dangerous, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's just UNLV, and so you know what can you really say from it? But boy, what a bounce back from what a good game for them to have after Iowa. That was hard for them to lose uh, at home. So, you know, good on you, Iowa State. Holding on to that top 25 ranking. Uh, sitting there at 14. You won't, you won't, hopefully you won't drop any spots with the chaos. But, uh, yeah, uh, there's a, it's a, these games are interesting because it's a good, it's an obvious game that they should win. But, like, with the game that they had before, Iowa State losing to Iowa, Texas losing to Arkansas, it's like how, how much optimism should you glean from this at all, you know? Yeah, no, that's a very good point. I mean, Bryce Purdy played really well in this game, and that's great and all. But you're playing one of the worst secondaries in the country, right? Like, so it's what 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 can you really say about this win? It's, it's a feel good win. It's a way to build your your confidence, build your optimism, and say, hey, you know, we we, we don't suck. <laughs> this is kind of a these games against UNLV and Rice are the oh hey guys, you don't you don't actually suck as bad as you did the week before kind of games. And um, but yeah, you need that confidence builder before going into conference play. So good for them, good for Iowa State, good for Texas, getting that confidence builder back up before conference play. Um, another team, and this is a team that's been one of the most impressive, and I'm actually surprised they're not ranked with how impressive they've been so far. But Kansas State, 38 to 17 over Nevada. Um, and unlike UNLV and Rice, Nevada ain't some trash team. This is the first loss of the season for the for the Wolfpack, and Kansas State went out and beat them pretty handily. Kansas State, man, what can you say? I mean, they have just been playing the game that we were afraid that they would play, right? Like, the, this is a team that, uh, after losing Bill Snyder, really kind of took a very small step back um, and just kind of, like, renegotiating their identity as a football team. But it still is that just foundational, beat you down the whole game. Just, it doesn't have to be, and they had a tremendous fourth quarter, but it's, like, almost to make up for the lack of anything in the third quarter from them. And so it's, like, but it's just, just like, we're going to continue to march. We're going to continue to play our game. Uh, Will Howard, man. I mean, this is a really good quarterback in this system. Uh, you certainly know, uh, you know, uh, Colin Klein, thank God. Uh, but he's really working out for Kansas State right now. The, the run yeah, game I'll is to be that, feared. Well, it's kind of like K-State was up 17-7. And they kind of coasted a little bit, let Nevada get back in the game, tied the game up, and said, oh, all right, what, what are we doing? All right, let's, all let's, right. Smack, <laughs> let's, let's just smack them, all right? And Will, Will Howard played decently. I, I can't be upset at Will Howard. to use it on bo- both in the air and on with his legs. Um, it, Will Howard has experience. Even though he's the backup on this team with Skylar Thompson out, he has experience from what we've seen before. So K-State fans shouldn't be worried about Will Howard like you normally would be. And they look at, mind you, Nevada beat Cal, the same Cal team that TCU struggled with last week, right? Nevada beat them. This is not a year so for not, transitive. This is not the year for the whole transitive this is thing. Not the, this is not the year for transitive. Power. I, I wish it was. <laughs> I, wish it, I wish it was. It was. <laughs> but it's not. Um, but I will, say, I will say, though, still, good win for Kansas State. And this, I mean, I think the team should be ranked. The rankings came out today. This is Sunday. Uh, they, they did not get ranked. They did get some votes in there. But I personally believe that they should be ranked. Three and zero. You beat Stanford. You beat Nevada. You had the SIU game, of course, an easy non-con game. But like, you beat you beat two good teams, two teams that have respect. Yeah. For sure. Top twenty-five. And then of course, Deuce Vaughn doing what Deuce Vaughn does. Um, absolutely, absolutely fantastic. So those were kind of the snoozers 
from last week. So we got to get, so this gives us time to get into the games that were good. Actually, the only other snoozer was Texas Tech beating FIU 54 to 21. We talked about that already in the preview pod. Another good snoozer. Good snoozer for us, which is not, this is unfortunately not as common. Um, so let's talk about some of the tight ones. First things first, shout out to West Virginia beating Virginia Tech 27-21. But, Jeremy, I, I joked about this in the preview pod. Uh, how does West Virginia beat the 15th-ranked team in the nation? But yet we still look and say, ah, man, that team <laughs> gives me gives me heartburn sometimes. Golly, West Virginia starting off pretty strong in this game, and they just like kind of faded away. And for West Virginia fans... <laughs> <laughs> they, no, they West West Virginia imploded after a while. Like they like they saw the success, twenty seven to seven. Saw all the accolades that came with beating the fifteenth ranked team, twenty seven to seven. Yeah, and kind of choked up. It yeah. was a really weird game for me. I was just like, you know what, Virginia, Virginia Tech got in the third. I was like, I was actually surprised that they didn't get a second there in the third. And in the fourth, when they got their touchdown, I thought, holy shit, Virginia Tech's about to do the thing and beat West Virginia after West Virginia had that. 20- 24-7 lead at the half. Um, West Virginia did everything that they could to lose this game, and Virginia Tech uh, choked up at the end. And, um, and Virginia Tech refused to give it to them. Right. It was it was after after the, after the West Virginia fumble. What does Virginia Tech do? Oh well, they go to turn it over and on downs. Then they get the punt. They get the touchdown. They get an inter- First of all, Daggy, Jared Daggy, Lord Jesus, what are you doing? <laughs> game on the line, throwing an intercept. Like, what are you? What are you doing? Oh, it's so right? bad. Just for Virginia Tech to call on third and goal and then fourth and goal to rollout plays? Yeah. What the hell are you doing? Oh, my God. Virginia, oh, my God. It was it was oh, a disaster know, of an I, end of a football game. It's a disaster of an end of a football game for sure. But West Virginia, still a good win. You'll beat the 15th ranked team in the nation. Vatek is a good team. They are a good team, no doubt. Uh, beat up on North Carolina already. And so this is, I mean, this is a good, good quality win for West Virginia, no matter how wild the ending was yeah however you get out of there a win over a top 25 team you can never complain about it can't complain about it that's for sure um especially since they were home dogs oh yeah in this game so uh two definitely hey, they're two to one and they're simply uh nine away from the season i want them to have so we're on our way <laughs> Albie. <laughs> you you could not have them lose like, I, you needed them to win i'm, the watching, their, I'm, I'm watching that game realizing Wow, if you guys lose this one, that's it for me. Like, <laughs> that's it. I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I mean, if you're hanging your hat on West Virginia making it to where you're not an idiot, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm hanging you, on, Albie. <laughs> uh, so, Let's get to so next game up, another team that had quite the scare. Oklahoma. We, I Look, both of us, we thought Oklahoma, or, or me and Dylan, I should say, thought Oklahoma would win that game against Nebraska big. And Adrian Martinez and company kept the game close. They had a shot to win it mm-hmm. at the very end and couldn't pull through. What do you think about that Oklahoma-Nebraska game? Is this, I'm sorry, is this a Big Ten rivalry or is this a Big 12 rivalry? Why are we playing this low-scoring game? Nebraska, uh, I'm trying to think. Um, you, you open up, you lose to Illinois. Yeah, have a obvious win against uh, two crappy teams. And then you come out and play OU like you should be ranked in the top 10. And OU so disappointingly only puts up 23 points on the board. I, this this game has a lot of people second guessing OU. It's certainly second guessing Spencer Rattler. You know, Spencer Rattler is this dude who has the athletic acumen of being like, oh, this is this guy is 
no doubt NFL quarterback, no doubt this and the other. And for him to go out and have a game like this against Nebraska, who is not a good team. This like this is not a number three. This we were talking about it. Like this season is nuts. Oklahoma, the three in front of your name or behind it means nothing to me. You gotta earn it in a better way than this. For me, Oklahoma looks like they they're barely a, a Kansas. The Kansas State Wildcats look like a better team than Oklahoma right now. It's just this game was disappointing as a Big Twelve fan. It was satisfying as a Big Twelve fan, um, and, and it was just. Uh, uh, it goes both ways, you know, but for Oklahoma Sooner fans, you got to be upset. This is a win that you're upset with for a number of reasons. Average can't be upset with that DJ Graham interception, all right? Oh, you talk about that. You are you talking about the best interception of the decade? Are you talking about that it's, interception across so the back, backhanded this. one? That one? <laughs> yeah, tremendous. I will say this. I, you know, two halves of me, right? You got the, you got the, 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 the cool, the swaggy half. That's like, bro, that's that interception is absolutely insane, crazy. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a goat for doing it. One hand snag out of the air, can't complain. And then you got the nerd half of me that's like, well, it was fourth and eight. Should have just tapped that. Out. <laughs> should have just, you just played the game, boy. <laughs> Play to safe, you know. That's what he should have done. No, no, no. I just so those two halves of me were battling right there. But it is a dope. It was a dope interception. I can't. I can't front on that. Um, but you're right about Oklahoma, though. Like the Tulane game, sure. You know, hey, yeah. A lot of things happening that week. You know, maybe we can excuse that. I love Tulane. <laughs> another game. Another game where Oklahoma looks uh, cringy. I, I'm the, I was the main one that was hyping up the Sooners all offseason about how good they were, about how this is the best team probably since the 08 season. That's how much I thought, how good I thought Oklahoma was. And they just, they're not there. I, I don't know what it is. I really don't know what it is. Maybe it is Spencer Rattler. Maybe this is not the Spencer Rattler we thought we would see a year later. Personally, as a Texans fan, I'm glad he's struggling a little bit. I don't want to draft him. So, uh, <laughs> but o- Oklahoma is just, they are, they're beatable. They are beatable. This offseason, I did not think they were going to be beatable. I did not think they were going to be a team to really uh, that anybody could really touch. Maybe one team would be able to touch them, maybe, but they would go off into the college football playoff. I can't say that anymore. This team is very beatable because they've had two of their games so far against Tulane and now against Nebraska where they could have easily lost either one. Could have easily lost either one. They could Oklahoma could be sitting at one and two right now, which is insane. Insane. So another team that squeaked by by the hairs of their chinny chin chin are the Oklahoma State Cowboys. How did they not lose this game? Another Oklahoma team disappointing the great state of Oklahoma. Um, I have a. I mean, again, another another game that we saw exciting first half of football for Big Twelve fans. And if you're a Boise State Bronco fan, it was exciting first half, and then nothing. Nothing in the second. Literally nothing. Literally nothing. Uh, it was like, a, okay, all you have to do, all anyone has to do, is get a field goal, get a touch, get one, but put a point on the board. This is your game, and neither wanted to do it. It was so. This is a conf- well, Boise State. <laughs> Boise State tried to do it, and Dallas missed there. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. Well, you're so right. I mean, nobody, it's just nobody <laughs> stepped up. Nobody stepped up and took, you know, did it. I mean, Oklahoma State squeaks out because they get the, they get, they have the extra point in the first. But Lord, what is going on? Are these defensive coordinators just that good that they've locked down the other team to nothing, or is there just this nasty capitulation of just? Uh, for for me, looking at Oklahoma State, I mean, I. I I'm shocked they didn't lose this game. 
I'm shocked that they didn't I don't know say, how they didn't lose They've been game. disappointing this season. They barely squeaked out a game against Montana State. They barely squeaked out a game against Tulsa. They've, again, barely squeaked out a game against Boise State. And who do they have up next to their schedule? Kansas State. They're not winning that game. So this year, I had, there were four quarterbacks I really thought would take, like, the next step as far as really being good. Four quarterbacks that had struggled before, but in the next year, I thought it'd be good. Those four quarterbacks, when we rattled them off, Max Duggins, who so far has been pretty good. Uh, but the other three, Jared Dagey, who we just talked about, uh, Skylar Thompson, who's gotten hurt, and Spencer Sanders, who, who is looks not awful. He's, like, so far in this season, he's looked bad. Like, we talk about Jared Dagey and how bad he looked in the Virginia Tech game. Spencer Sanders looked bad in this game. Looked so very bad in this game, both through the air and with his legs. Didn't look good. And it wasn't the blue turf. simply didn't look good. What's that? I said, and it was not the blue turf. That's was, just, no, that's was just not the the, what's under the pads there, bud. Like, if, if, if uh, oh, my goodness. Thank God. Thank God for the Oklahoma State running game and Jalen Warren. Because if not for Jalen Warren, Oklahoma State not only loses the game, they get blown out. It they was, get nasty uh, blown out. It's, it's oh my goodness. This uh, Oklahoma State's got to find a way to, to get some yards through the air. If they, they're not going to win many games without it. They're just not going to win many games without it. Um, and just like that, that little stretch at the end of the season, not looking as difficult with Oklahoma State. It really isn't. It's right? crazy but, how, like, it's crazy how the season has really, I'm becoming more optimistic as I look at the schedule. Not because necessarily anything Tech is doing, but what everyone yeah. else in the conference is not doing, right? Well, so think about this. Oklahoma State's 3-0, technically, right? They are 3-0. and by a combined total of 13 points. <laughs> 13, they, a seven-point win over Missouri State, five-point win over Tulsa, and one-point win over Boise State. Who is one and a two? A total. Who is this one ain't the Boise State. A total yeah. of 13 points. This ain't the Boise yeah, State it's, you're it's, thinking uh, of. Yeah, it's, just, it's, it's, it's wild. It is it is wild, um, but they, they're three and out, and... If they if they keep one point wins, I mean, I guess it's it's plausible that they could do something with it. But um, big big thing though is they play Kansas State next week, so that'll be great. That'll be great. So um, who is who was your week three team of the week? You know, I knew you'd come at me with this, and I wanted to say West Virginia just because they. <laughs> they survived, but I think it, it's got to be Kansas State because they dominated. How many times we did we pick Kansas State the first week? We did pick Kansas State the first week. Yeah, yeah, Kansas we State. Kansas State's first, week. and we didn't do we missed it last week. So it's Kansas State. Kansas State's a, on a two game or two team of the week win streak for me. There you go. I'm gonna give it to. I am gonna give it to West Virginia. They they beat a ranked team. No matter how ugly it was at the end, they did beat a ranked team. They played the toughest Big Twelve opponent that anyone was going to play and they actually won. And so I can't, I can't be mad at it. Um, if you were to told West Virginia fans, Hey, you're going to beat Virginia tech 27, 21, all of them would have taken it regardless of what actually ended up happening. So uh, can't be mad at it at all. West Virginia to me is my team of the week and um, shout out to my boy, Neil Brown for a, a, a win there. So let's talk about week four next week coming up on the docket for big 12 teams. It is a big week. As the Big 12 season really gets underway. But before we do that, before the Big 12 season gets underway, let's talk about some of the non-con games. Starting off, 
what is it, the Golden Skillet? Is that what it is? SMU at TCU. A quote-unquote rivalry game that, you know, that TCU wins all the time. Does TCU win it once again? Man, that's a good question. I th- I really like this game because SMU is playing well. And Tanner Mordecai is a really dangerous quarterback. And you can't count out Dykes. You can't count out the Dykes tree. Um, oh, geez. I know how much you love Duggan. But I am not convinced by... I'm just not convinced by TCU's win this. I mean, Cal, but it was close. And Duquesne, I don't know. I like SMU this year a lot better than... Just on paper, I like SMU better this year than I like TCU. Ooh, because you're going with the upset, huh? I'm going with the upset. Well, SMU, they beat ACU, they beat UNT, they beat Louisiana Tech. Louisiana Tech was close, but like they, they, they're confidently beating the teams that they're playing. And I like I like the momentum that SMU has right now. So I think SMU gets the golden skillet and walks back home. Because <laughs> they're right there. S- <laughs> and, and walks back home. Yeah. Gets the golden skillet and then takes that 40-minute drive just down <laughs> from Fort Worth to Dallas. That's uh that's it. I will say this. Um yeah, I, I I like I said, before the season started, I thought that SM or TCU was the third best team in the Big 12. I still think that this Big 12 has been crazy so far, but I still do think that I will say this SMU is a really good team this year. Um, and that is that is worrisome if you're the TCU Horn Frogs. Uh, the last time SMU beat TCU though was literally the last time they played two years ago. That's the last time SMU won. <laughs> Remember, they upset a TCU in 2019. Before that though, SMU had or TCU had won seven times in a row. I don't think TCU loses again. No matter how good I think SMU is, that, that pain from two years ago. Most of these teams, they're gonna they're gonna feel it. They're gonna want to show out against SMU. But I will say this: this is probably the best SM, uh, Golden Skillet game that we have seen between TCU and SMU. Quite some time. Both teams are really good. Yeah, I, both this teams are one. Iron Skillet. Sorry, I keep saying Golden Skillet, Iron Skillet. But both teams are really good. And so I do think I think TCU wins, but I think SMU covers. I think SM, if I'm a betting man, TCU's a ten point home favorite. I, if I'm a betting man, I think it's only going to be a one touchdown game, but TCU pulls it out. I like that. And the line is at uh, TCU at ten. So yep, TCU ten. So we'll see. Take SMU to cover. Um, so for, speaking of cover, if you were not only there's two things going on with this game here, if you picked Kansas to go over on wins, their over under was one and a half wins. This is probably your last chance this for Kansas is the game. to get a win. They're playing at Duke, um, the two of the worst Power 5 schools in the country. Uh, but Duke is coming off back-to-back wins. They just beat Northwestern last week, uh-huh. uh, another nerd school. So uh, who wins? Kansas at Duke, who you got? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that game was exciting because I actually watched some of that. Um, I uh, Duke has the hot hand right now. Kansas demoralizing defeat at the hands of Baylor. Um, the line for Duke is 15 and a half. Like that's, uh, that's nuts. If you're, again, we're talking about the uh, difference in how like maybe one position or what we were talking about the top 25, like how different, like being 21 versus 23 was like that 22 gap was massive and being at the bottom of the table, Duke may be just as bad as Kansas, but I think Duke goes, <laughs> I think Duke takes this can this game handily unless something dramatic changes uh, at the hands of um, <clears throat> Beam, like I think something, I think that, or at this Kansas defense, I think Duke. I don't think Kansas defense has the has the ability to stop Duke. Do you? So you think Duke covers? I think. Ooh, I do think. 
that Duke wins by two touchdowns, but I don't think that they cover. Oh, so it's a push or close to a push. It's close to a push. Um, close to a push. Kansas is going to lose this game. I do. I mean, Duke's coming off of two back-to-back wins. I mean, NCAA and T is really nothing, but the win against Northwestern is impressive. I, I will say this. We will see just how good of a coach Lance Leopold is. If he is able to pull this win off on the road in Carolina, far it's a far flight, all that stuff, and actually win this, great. But Kansas looked pretty bad against Baylor. I'm not going to lie. They, I To see Kansas pull out a full 60 minutes is going to be tough. But it won't surprise me if Kansas smacks Duke in the mouth. This game is close. I don't think Duke can blow out anybody. So I'm definitely still picking Kansas to cover. Uh, I, just, uh, I just don't think I can – should pick them to win. Yeah, well, if you're in Durham, North Carolina this week, and anybody tickets are low as $14. If you'd like to spend uh, four hours of your life watching this, you can get it for 14 bucks. Not much else or, you get, <laughs> or literally anything else. You could, you could spend, <laughs> spend that $14 doing literally. <laughs> get 14 get get seven McDoubles. The McDoubles are now $2. Uh, get seven McDoubles from McDonald's as opposed to going to this game. All right. Now let's get into the conference. Big 12 conference play. Let's talk about it. Uh, first things first. 14th ranked Iowa State at Baylor. Interesting game. Like I said, Baylor has been, I mean, yeah, they haven't really played anybody, but they also haven't really struggled against anybody. Even that Texas State win where they only won by nine, uh, they were in control for the whole game. So who wins this one? Does Iowa State come into Texas and win their first conference game of the year, or does Baylor really show how good they are? Man, I, I like you said, Baylor is three and zero, and really they haven't given us a reason to say they won't just because they're three and zero and they continue to win. But like I said in the preview or in the recap pod for FIU, take everything you thought about this season, crumple it up, and throw it out because this is Big Twelve football now. It's a lot different. Iowa State is not giving up a lot of points to people. Baylor needs a lot of points. Um, I think that Iowa State gets into Baylor. Now, the line is only at six and a half. But I think that Iowa State, the further, here's the thing, the, the closer we get to October, every day is a little bit closer to October. And you know what happens in October with Iowa State. So I think that Iowa State is kind of trying to feel itself out. They had their kind of bounce back game last weekend um, after the Iowa loss. I think that they're looking at this Baylor game thinking, okay, it's a really good opportunity to us, for us to get 1-0 in conference, to get off on the right foot. I think that they cover this. I think that they win by at least 10. Give me Iowa State. <clears throat> Iowa State by at least 10. Very interesting. I'll say this. Uh, Gary Bohannon, so far this year, has not thrown an interception whatsoever. Iowa State is a team that likes to get interceptions. Something has got to give, right? And so what will we see? Actually, I'm trying to pull it up here. Um, so far this year, Iowa State has th- oh, it's three interceptions. So we'll see. Something's got to give. I'm still going Iowa Yeah, I'm still going Iowa State because I, I still don't trust Baylor just yet. I don't trust Baylor just yet because I haven't played anybody just yet. So we'll see. This is really the chance for Baylor to really show out. I agree with you. Iowa State wins and covers on the road. And, and the question will be, is Iowa State really this good or is Baylor really this bad? Um, but I think if Baylor can even, even – even if Baylor loses by a field goal or can cover in this game, then that will tell us more about Baylor than anything, that Baylor is for real, the real deal. And they actually got votes in this week's poll. So some people at least feel that there's something. So uh, that will be definitely interesting. Next up, we have 
25th. And I said earlier, I said that Kansas State's not ranked. I'm, I apologize. It really literally just came up. Kansas State is ranked 25th at Oklahoma State, the team that people thought would be ranked by this point. Um, but both teams are 3-0. Both teams are 3-0. So who you got, Jeremy? This is the best game. This is the best game to address the narrative that th- not all 3-0s are the same. <laughs> uh and we were talking about, I wanted to say it, just like the way that Oklahoma State is playing right now is nowhere near the way that Kansas State is playing right now. We are a lot more excited talking about Kansas State ball than we are talking about Oklahoma State ball. And that for Oklahoma State, that starts at the quarterback position. Um, Kansas State is playing better football with their backup quarterback than Oklahoma State is playing with their starting quarterback. So I I mean, the line is Oklahoma State 7.5. I think Kansas State goes into Oklahoma State, proves you and me right that this is a really dangerous Kansas State team. And I think they get at least uh 150 rushing yards in a in oh man boom pickens uh i think that they cover this game too i think kansas state is a really dangerous team in every quarter right and so i think oklahoma state's just not going to have the stamina to keep up and i think they win by 10 maybe 10 solid here's a fun well then well here's a here's a here's a fun fun stat for you here so Spencer Sanders has played two games for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Shane Ellingsworth, the backup, has played one game for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Shane Ellingsworth leads Spencer Sanders in total stats and completions, yards, completion percentage, average pass, um, and passer rating. And, and has been sacked fewer. So who do we think that <laughs> Oklahoma State's who do we think that Oklahoma State's actually marching out there? And who do we think that they should be marching out there? And we don't have to answer there people. We go. know the answers. There you go. Spencer Sanders has been bad. He's been Spencer Sanders is not Spencer Sanders has not been Spencer Sanders. Sorry, has not been good this year so far. Mm. Plot twist: I think he'll be pretty good in this game. I, I I'm going Oklahoma State at wow. home in Stillwater. That's a good one uh, to win this game. I I think it's going to be a really close game. I think this is a this is the patented Mike Gundy game. But I will say this: uh, when we were talking about the the Oklahoma State Cowboys in the beginning of the year. We had Philip Slavin on in the 1012 podcast. And he talked about the fact that Mike Gundy just has a habit of, of losing a game that he shouldn't lose early in the season. And I wonder if that was the Boise State game. Like he had a game against Boise State that he ended up winning, yes, but a game they looked terrible in. And it did made no sense. And then all of a sudden, early in the year, and then all of a sudden he just fixes it and, and gets it correct. And I wonder if that happens. I kind of think Mike Gundy comes out in this game. Mike Gundy comes out in this game. And plays a good game, and you're just at the end of saying, "Oh, okay, they are Oklahoma State." At, you know, it makes sense. They're at home, and I think they have one of the best home field advantages. I'm going Okie State in this one. I, it's not really an upset because Oklahoma State is favored by seven and a half for some weird reason. I, but I think the line on this is really weird to me. This is a push game, maybe Oklahoma State by three because they're home. But for them to be seven and a half, I think it's kind of weird. Uh, but I am at least going to pick Oklahoma State. Buy a field goal. Albie's all in on the paddles. To win this game. Paddles at yeah. paddles at <laughs> night. Paddles at night. That's that's right. Um, so speaking of night, big night game. ABC. Also, real quick, why the hell is Kansas State Oklahoma State at, on ESPN Plus? That makes no sense. ESPN once again screwing over the Big Twelve, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, the game that is on ABC, prime time. West Virginia at fourth-ranked Oklahoma. We talked about it. Oklahoma has looked very beatable this year. Is this the time that – this is West Virginia. This is the first Big 12 shot at Oklahoma for leaving the Big 12. Does West Virginia pull it off? Remember remember when we brought on 
Raspy Voice podcast uh, back in the preview for the season, and I said, what, and he was very down on it. He, he said, you know, probably going to lose to Oklahoma, blah, blah, blah. I said, if you're going to beat Oklahoma, it's going to be early in the year. Well, look who has not been playing well. And suddenly, West Virginia, after that close loss against Maryland, smacks LIU, beats Virginia Tech, top 25, top 15 team, and now they're going to march into Norman, Oklahoma, with a lot of momentum, you know, they, Letty Brown's playing well. <clears throat> they, they, uh, Deggie's playing well enough. Like, I think this is a game where West Virginia can, like, this is like, you got to make it happen here. Like, West Virginia, this is going to set the tone for your season. Make it happen here. I'm actually excited. I'm really excited about this game because by the time that we beat Texas, uh, we'll be, <laughs> I'll be hyped and I'll crack a couple beers because this West Virginia Oklahoma game is. Definitely one to keep your eyes on. I think West Virginia is going to get Oklahoma a run for their money, really pressuring Lincoln Riley to be like, "Hey, you got to pull it together because if you're if you're acting lazy in the way that you played Nebraska and the way that you played Tulane, West Virginia is going to get you here." So I, I have West Virginia, and uh, the line is at let me check sixteen. I'm sixteen and a half. Oklahoma, who is <laughs> ungodly ranked for what they are, give me West Virginia. Give me West Virginia, and it may be close. It may be a field goal, but damn, it's going to feel good. This is the same West Virginia team that lost to Maryland in, in the beginning of the season. That, yes. that West Virginia team? The same one, my man. So, okay, first of all, everyone listening to this, the only reason why Jeremy's <laughs> betting, saying this is because he said West Virginia is going to win 11 games. I'm starting to believe it, Albie. he's staying true. <laughs> he's staying true to it. Because West Virginia damn near got to win almost every game throughout the rest of the season for it to be true. So um, <laughs> I, West Virginia is not beating Oklahoma in Norman. I, I don't I don't care how bad North Oklahoma has looked against Tulane and against Nebraska. That's all fine and dandy. They're not losing to West Virginia at home. Sixteen and a half, I think, is a good line. I don't. Uh, if I'm a betting man, I probably say I I probably take Oklahoma with the points. I think they're going to beat West Virginia pretty well. You're wrong um, for that, Albie. You're wrong for that. I, I think they're gonna beat. I think they're gonna beat Oklahoma pretty well. I'll be tweeting. Uh, I'd be willing to say like forty, <laughs> like right there, like 41-21 or something, something like that. But I, I think West, I think Oklahoma bounces back and they look good doing it. Um, the defense, Alex Grinch's defense. I, I will say this. Right now, the question's on whether how good is Spencer Rattler and he's standing the other. Alex Grinch's defense so far, shut out against Western Carolina, which is Western Carolina, so not much. Wherewithal there, but shout out there and absolutely played fantastic against Nebraska. Yes, it's Adrian Martinez. The Nebraska offense has been a struggle show, but still a nice win um, against a Power Five opponent defensively. So I, I think West, I think Oklahoma. Nope. You're picking the West Virginia nope. upset. I'm also, looking at West Tulane, Virginia, man. I'm looking at Tulane. If West Virginia upsets Oklahoma, you are the smartest man on the planet. I'm buying a shirt. And I, we will. We you heard will it here sing first. Your praises. We heard it here first. We will, we will sing your praises. <laughs> we will sing your praises, and we will call Jeremy the new king. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll go. I just, I just don't see it. But then again, when Seth Day he marched into Norman, Oklahoma, and upset the Oklahoma Sooners, nobody saw it either, except it Jeremy Gillen. Apparently, po- would it not be poetic for another Daggy for Jared? Oh. <laughs> Oh my God! I'm Would starting to see it. Another night I'm game. I'm starting to see it. There it is. Oh my God! There it is. There it is. In Morgantown, just the Eastern Lubbock. It. Oh, my, there it is. There it is. 
is. <laughs> oh man. Who hey, you know what? Well, the more it. we talk about this, <laughs> I'm getting on board. <laughs> Uh, but just like way. I didn't think Tech was going to win that game, I damn sure don't think Western going to win this game. So, so I'm still going Oklahoma at home. But uh, um, now the game that really matters, the game everybody cares about, Texas Tech at Texas. And the winner is going to be, you'll have to wait for the preview pod to figure that one out. Uh, but pretty big game. Is there anything you want to say about that game before we get out of here? Line is Texas at by 10. And that is exciting. And we'll talk about why that's exciting. On the next pod. On the next pod, indeed. That was really ominous voice there. I like that. Um, it'll be interesting to see for sure. But the Big 12 season is wacky. I hope the wackiness we saw in non-con carries over to the conference season. And nothing would be more wacky to start off conference season than Oklahoma being upset at home by West Virginia. That would just be insane. And uh, though I don't think it's going to happen, Lord, I do pray it happens. Because uh, I need that chaos. I need that chaos in my life. That'd be great. So, uh, for Jeremy, this is Albie. You've been listening to the Tortillas and Takes podcast powered by Guns Up Nation. As always, stay wrecked, people. <laughs>